Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 14, 2022. If you're new here, then listen, what we do is we go to the word of God on a daily basis. We get some scripture. We seek insight from God concerning it. We break it down and then we give it to you in a way that you can, that you can apply to your daily life. We turn the corner from information to application. For us, it's all about daily application. We want to know what does this word mean for you today? And tomorrow we'll get another word and another word. This is called today's word. And one of the ways that God has graced me to teach is that I like to teach by precept and example. And I take my time. We, we take a topic and we, and we go through it and, and we're methodical in it. So this is God's grace in our faith part 83. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Everything that we do in response to God, we do it by faith. Part 83 of this series, there's a series in the series called It's Already Done. And the title of today's message is the grace to be me. Say this, say, I have the grace to be me. You you have to have the grace to be you and you don't have the grace to be anybody else. So you have the grace to be you. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. You, ha- you have to be able to go into the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You have to love and like yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Get to, po- to the point where you have the grace to be you. You don't have the grace to be anybody else. You can only run your race at your pace with your grace so you will be delivered from competitive jealousy. You can celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy when you know who you are. I have the grace to be me. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word. Here we go. People are already putting in the chat. I have the grace to be me. Praise God for that. That's what you have the grace to be. You don't have the grace to be anybody else. So let's talk about it. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh. He dwelt among us. We were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1 and 17, the Bible says the law was given by Moses on tablets of stone, but grace and truth came in a person. That person is Jesus. Grace and truth came through the Lord. Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, this may be the last day we deal with this passage. We've been looking at this passage for weeks, um, and I don't know. We'll see. I, I believe I, I may be done with this, but but uh, let's see. Whatever the Holy Spirit says. This is what the Bible says. Simon, hey, listen, guys. He's writing. I'm Simon Peter. I'm a servant. Uh, I'm called to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to those who have obtained like precious faith. The same faith Jesus had, the same faith I a faith I have is the faith you have. We have like precious faith. And I'm writing to those of us that have this faith through the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Say grace and peace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How are grace and peace multiplied? Through the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, according as his divine power has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, all things that pertain to life, whatever you would need on the outside, you know, everything you need to accomplish your divine assignment has already been stored up for you. It's already done. Say it's already done. Everything that pertains to life, equipment, resources, connections, capital, everything that you would need for life and everything you need on the inside for godliness. Like, you know, as as far as you becoming the man, the woman that God has called you to be, so you go, you can walk in the divine character that can carry the weight of the anointing. All things that pertain to life, all things that pertain to godliness have already been given unto you. It's already done. Of 
according to him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given these exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises, by us believing God and experiencing what God said, we might become partakers of God's divine nature. And I talked about being a partaker of God's divine nature. Listen, you you should watch yesterday's message if you missed it. You become a partaker of God's divine nature, and then you escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. So we are holy. Say, I am holy because God is holy. I am holy because God is holy. All right. So what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you this morning about you being you. You only have the grace to be you. And so let's talk about you being you and uh, being comfortable with yourself. You ready? All right. A few things. Here's number one. And this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions and people are still tuning in. So share the message if you haven't done so already. Here we go. Number one, vision is both incremental and progressive. Let me explain. Vision, divine vision from God is both incremental and progressive. I like to talk about purpose and vision. Well, purpose, your purpose is fixed and established. It was fixed and established by God before the world began. It was fixed and established by God before you were born. So your purpose is fixed and established. Your purpose is not going to change. Now, you're born ignorant of your purpose, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose. You have a purpose. You just didn't know what it was. And then once you got born again, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And so as you're walking with God and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal this thing, then you get vision. Say vision. Vision is is, is being able to see beyond where your eyes can look. <laughs> vision is being able to see what God sees about you, to believe what God believes about you. But vision is incremental and progressive. And so let me explain. God gives you this vision in chunks, say chunks. God gives you chunks of vision so that you can see and, and, and evolve and develop and become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. So as your knowledge of God, the text that we just read says that grace and peace are multiplied unto us through the knowledge of him. So through, as your knowledge of God is growing, God's knowledge of you is growing, right? So when you get the knowledge of God, you also come into God's knowledge of you, meaning that when you discover God, then you discover you. <laughs> when you discover God, then you discover yourself. And so I'm growing in the knowledge of God. Therefore, I'm growing in, the, in God's knowledge of me. And God is revealing me to me, right? And so, so how does he do this? He does this in vision. And vision is incremental and progressive. He gives you these chunks. So it is incremental. The more you grow in your knowledge of God, the more God will reveal his knowledge of you, meaning your divine purpose and the vision that he gives you to complete the purpose. So divine vision is incremental. Why is it incremental? Well, because the Lord releases it in these chunks or these increments, because he will only give you enough vision for this to maximize the season that you're in. Why is that? Well, one, I don't think you can handle it, right? Like, you know, what I mean, like you're not at a point where you can handle God revealing everything to you. And, an and another thing, if God revealed everything to you, if God revealed to you, look at me for a minute, let's, let's be, and put this in the chat too. Uh, give me some testimony. Think about where you are. Think about what God has called you to do, right? Think about what God gave you a vision of years ago. And then you started going down this road and you are where you are right now in the process. What if God had told you all the challenges you were going to face? What if God had revealed to you how hard it was going to be? What if God had exposed to you all the obstacles and oppositions that you were, you were going to have to overcome in order to become who it is that he called you to be and, and in order for you to be where you are right now? If God had, had revealed it all to you up front, would you still have gone down that road? 
The answer is no. Most people would, most people would go the other way. And so my point is that you can't handle it. God is not going to show you everything because you can't handle everything. Another reason why God is not going to show you everything because then you wouldn't need faith. I mean, the whole, the whole point of the life of faith is that there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. So God gives you vision in increments in these chunks. God is not going to tell you everything, but he's going to give you enough light for you to see the season that you're in. God is going to give you enough light. And so somebody put in the chat, surely, um, yeah, yeah, they would have fainted. Like if God had told you everything, you would have fainted. Someone else said, I would have ran away, right? And so that's the point. So what you don't want to do is get to the point where you're you're complaining to God that he doesn't tell you everything because listen, you can't handle everything. God gives you enough increment, enough vision in increments or in chunks for you to <clears throat> digest, process, understand, and walk out. And so God gives you enough to see the next step. God is not going to tell you what's down the road. God is not going to tell you what's around the corner until that time comes. When the time is right, he will give you enough light for that season that you're in. But for now, God gives you vision in increments or in chunks for you to maximize where you are right now and so you can get ready for the next season. Does that make sense? I mean, that makes sense, right? Vision is also progressive though, because the more you walk with God, then the more you're able to handle. So the more you walk with God and the more you die to self, you're like, yes, Lord. Then now the more I'm yielding to the Father, the more I'm dying to self, the more sin, self, and selfishness is getting out of the way, then the more I'm able to handle. You should be able to handle more today than you could 10 years ago, right? So now God is able to give you incremental and progressive vision. So it's incremental, he gives you chunks, and it's progressive, the chunks can be bigger as you walk with God. The more you walk with God, remember, you walk out your life in levels, uh, uh, in times and seasons, levels and stages. So you have times and you have seasons inside of those times. There's a time for this and a time for that. And then there's a bunch of seasons inside of every time of your life. And then there's levels and stages. So you have times and seasons, levels and stages, and God gives you enough to make the most of every time, season, level, and stage. So God gives you enough light, enough insight, enough wisdom, enough revelation and understanding for you to continue to walk with God and incrementally, progressively, little by little, you are becoming the man or the woman that God has called you to be for such a time as this. And so he's revealing it to you. He can't tell you everything because you would run the other way. You're not ready for it. You can't handle it, but he will give you what you can handle. Say amen to that. So vision is both incremental and progressive. All right. So number two, um, God's vision will not come to pass in your life if you're not willing to die to self and to change into the man or the woman that God has called you to be. So God gives you that, that vision that is incremental and progressive, but then you must be willing to die to self and you must be willing to change. A change is not a change until you change <laughs> and you can't change without changing. And so you, if you want to grow, so second Corinthians chapter three, and verse 18 talks about us beholding the glory of the Lord. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul talks about Moses in the Old Covenant. And he talks about Moses going up and seeing the glory of the Lord. And, and, and God, he wanted to see God face to face. And God was like, you can't handle that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you behind this rock. And then, and then and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to make you turn around. And then what I'm going to do is on the rock, I'm going to put a little slit in the rock and I'm going to show you, I'm going to put my backs, just the, the backside of my glory is going to coat. And a little bit of my glory is going to peer through this rock 
And that's all you can handle. And when he came down off of the mountain, there was a glory on Moses that the people were like, whoa, they couldn't, they couldn't even handle it. And so they were like, whoa. And then Moses had to put a veil over his face. The apostle Paul says that initially he put the veil over his face so that they couldn't see the glory. But eventually he kept the veil over his face so that they wouldn't see that the glory ran out. But he says in this new covenant, we have a glory that does not dissipate. Oh, glory! we have a whole nother level of glory. He says that that glory was great. This glory of the New Testament that Jesus came to usher us into, it's another level of glory. And, and you become what you behold. He says, we behold this glory in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. And as we are beholding this glory, we are changed into that very same image from glory to glory. As I'm looking at the glory of God, listen, you become what you behold. And so, so I can tell what you've been looking at by just seeing how you're living. You become what you behold. Whatever you behold consistently is what you will become eventually. And so, so now I'm looking at the glory of the Lord and I'm looking at it. And this is a glory that does not dissipate. And as I'm looking at it, I am changed into that very same image from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But it's not going to happen if I'm not willing to change. I have to be willing to die to self so that I can be changed into that very same image so that God gives me the, the knowledge of him and he gives me his knowledge of me so that I can be changed into that very same image. But that's not going to happen if I'm not, I'm not willing to change. As you walk with God and as, as God begins to reveal to you areas of your life that do not line up with his purpose, the areas of your life that do not line up with your divine assignment, you must be willing to give those things up. Life it, it does not get better by chance. Life gets better by change. So God destined you for a purpose. Say purpose. It, it, put this in the chat. Say, I am willing to change. You have to be willing to become what you behold. You have to be willing to die to, to live. You have to be willing to yield so that God can flow through you. You are destined for a purpose and God starts to reveal that purpose to you. And then at that point, you have to make a conscious decision to align with what God is revealing. To become like God, you must be willing, I've said this like a million times, to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be, you must be willing to die to the man or the woman that you became without God. So you, you became somebody without God, and now that as God is revealing you to you, you must be willing to die to whatever you, you became on your own. And so, so for you to become the man or the woman that God destined for you to be, you must be willing to die to whoever you became on your own. And so when you are willing to die, now you're willing to live. Jesus said it this way in, in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Mark chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said, if any of you want to become my follower, the King James says, if you want to become my disciple, you must you know, die to self, pick up your cross daily and follow me. In, in, in another translation, more modern translation, it says, if any of you want to become my follower, you must stop thinking about what you want. Say, put this in the chat. Say, my life is not about me. You, you have to, you have to I, I tell you to say it all the time. It's all about him. And you have to believe it. You have to believe that it's all about him. Your life is not about you. Your life is all about him. So Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Once you're born again, then your life can't be about you no more. You got to get over yourself. Once you're born again, your life has to be about him. There, God has never required any less than all of us. So there is a cross associated with walking with Jesus, and you must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you. Jesus said, you must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. If you, if you want to follow me, then you, then you will be issued a cross. And, and, and when you get issued a cross, then this, this, 
this cross is issued to you because you must be willing to carry that cross to follow me. If you're not, if you're not willing to carry your personal cross, you're not willing to be my disciple. You, you, you have to stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Any of you, Jesus said, any of you who try to come after me, but then we give you this cross, you get issued this cross. Those of us that are in the military, that were in the military, you know, you went to CIF, you got your issue. You, you were issued this cross for following Jesus. He says, any of you who try to follow after me, but you're trying to hold on to your old life, you're going to lose it. You cannot follow Jesus holding on to your old life, to your old self. You have to be willing to change. But Jesus said, if you're willing to, to give up that life, then you will find true and everlasting life. If you want to become the man or the woman that God calls you to be, you have to be willing to die to self. God called you from the foundations of the world. True. God gave you a purpose before the world began. True, but that doesn't mean that you're going to walk that thing out. If you are selfish, if you're self-centered, if you live a life that is full of self-righteousness, you will never become the man or the woman that God called you to be. You can be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and be selfish. You can be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and be self-centered and self-righteous. And you can get to heaven and realize that you wasted the one opportunity God gave you. I don't know about you, but I'm determined to get out of me everything God put in me from the foundations of the world. I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I'm determined to die to self, to yield to God, to be who it is that God has called me to be and to walk in the authenticity of my assignment. And if you agree with me, say amen to that. Glory to God. <laughs> Number three, man, I'm preaching this morning. Number three, dying to self does not mean that you have to die to everything that makes you unique. Oh, I like this part. Dying to self does not mean that you have to die to everything that makes you unique. When I preach and I teach homiletics, I teach that preaching is God's truth through our personality. So God will use your personality. Think about your person. What makes you unique? And God will use it. Why? Because God made you that way. Put this in the chat. Say, God made me that way. So the way that God made you, the way that he formed you and designed you, you have a unique personality. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The apostle Peter, who wrote the passage we've been looking at, he was rough and rugged. He was boisterous. He was, he was outspoken. He was always talking out of turn. He cut a joker's ear off and Jesus had to put it back. He was always doing, he was like, Lord, if anybody denied you, I will deny you, Jesus. I will never deny you. And Jesus was like, yeah, you're going to deny me before the cock crows. As a matter of fact, you're going to deny me to a little girl. And, and so, so, so yeah, but he was always talking like that. And God will use your personality. Why? Because he made you that way. The apostle Peter was rough and rugged. The apostle Paul was, was political. He was, he was savvy. He was polished. He was smooth with it. You know what I'm saying? He had dual citizenship. He was a Roman and a Jew. He knew how, he knew how to go to in and out of all of these situations. And God used that too. God will use this type of personality. God will use that type of personality. Same thing with me. Uh, like I, I know who I am and I can only be me. I'm a Dominican kid from Brooklyn. I grew up with hip hop. Hip hop grew up around me. There was a bunch of rappers in my neighborhood. All of that, the whole crack epidemic grew up around me. And I'm also Dominican. So I grew up with hip hop and I grew up with merengue and salsa. I grew up with house parties. I grew up with all of that. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And I am who I am. And so all of that influences me. And so when I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Dominican kid from Brooklyn comes out. While I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I might slip in a, a rap verse here and there. And that's okay because I know who I am and it is the authenticity of my assignment and the, uh, the anointing only flows through the authentic. Look at me. No one else has your voice print. No one else has your fingerprint. No 
one else has your eye signature. No one else has your divine assignment. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God is not trying to for, for you to be anybody but you. Yes, you need to die to self, but that doesn't mean that you die to your uniqueness. No, you are. You need to embrace your uniqueness. You need to take all of you. God can use all of you for his glory. God will take you the way that you are and God will use your uniqueness. God will use your personality and he will use it for his glory if you would put it in his hands. Say amen to that. All right. Number four and finally. And so uh, the last point for today uh, is God is not looking for perfection, but he is looking for authenticity. And that's what I'm talking about. God is looking for you to be authentic. And I've learned that the anointing only flows through the authentic. When you're, when you're being somebody that you're not, God is looking down at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is that? I didn't call you to do that. I didn't call you. But why are you trying to act like somebody? That's crazy. That's not who I called you to be. Why are you out here trying to be somebody that you're not? You need to be who you are and, and, and stop trying to be somebody that you're not because then you're lying to the world and you're lying to yourself. So remember, God is looking for you to believe what he believes about you. God, remember this series is about, is already done. So God is looking for you to walk out what's already done, what's already been provided. God is looking for you to pray back, back to him, the prayers that he's already prayed over you. But when you're trying to be somebody that you're not, and you're not, you're being inauthentic, then it's not already done because that's not yours. You're trying to be somebody, listen, they have their own race and their own grace and their own pace. Leave them alone. You, you need to know who you are. Paul said, when anyone is in Christ, is a whole new world. Old things are gone. Suddenly everything is made new, but, but not, you know, everything is made new, but that doesn't mean that you have to strip yourself of yourself. Now you're like, okay, God, help me to walk in the newness of the life that Christ Jesus died to provide me. Reveal to me, show me what I need to do to make, to, to maximize the purpose and the potential that you placed inside of me before the world began. When the more you grow in God, the more you grow in the knowledge of him, the more you will grow in the, in his knowledge of you in knowledge of self. And so you must come to grips with your lot in life. I love the way that the Jews talk about this and is in the old covenant as well. You must come to grips with your lot in life. Like, like this, like there's a certain thing that God has called you to do. There are certain things that, that you're supposed to be doing. That's your lot in life. And in the old Testament it talks about, you know what, enjoying your lot in life, making the most, being happy, being merry with your lot in life during the few days that God has given us on this earth. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing to receive health from God, uh, wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. That's your lot in life. So whatever your lot in life is, whatever God has called you to do, right? So, so God has called me to ministry, but God didn't call me to ministry like he did my friends. My friends just got to retire from the military and go straight into full-time ministry. And I wanted to do that too. And God said, no, I want you to go to corporate America. And I also want you to do ministry. I want you to preach in corporate America, corporate America and also preach from the pulpit. I want you to do missions. I want you to have the school and build the church in the Dominican Republic. I want you to. And so that's my lot in life. Like, and, and, and people will criticize what they don't understand. I've had so many people say, man, you should just quit this. You should do this. You should do this. You, bruh, if you started a church right now, if you did this, I'm telling you, man, you need to do this and you need to do that. This is why you need to know who you are and you need to know your lot in life and you need to be comfortable with it. I can only do what God is leading me to do. And I don't make excuses for being me. But when you get to the point where you're okay with who you are, and you come to grips with your lot in life, and you're settled, grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. And at that point, 
Several things will happen when you're in a settled state. I'll close with these three things. Say this out loud. Say, I'm settled. When you are settled with your lot in life, three things happen. Number one, you are delivered from competitive jealousy. Man, and that's so good. You are free to celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings around you without jealousy. I celebrate other people. I, I let them be them, and I, I just ask them to let me be me. And so I'm free from competitive jealousy. I'm not, I'm not trying to be nobody else. I'm cool. I, I'm, I, have, I am settled with my lot in life. Number two, you will be able to tap into the grace because grace and peace are multiplied. You'll be able to tap into the grace to do what it is that God has called you to do. This empowering presence that you can never do, the things that you can never do without God, you'll be able to do it because you know who you are. And then three is peace because grace and peace are multiplied. So you have this unshakable peace. You will have a peace on the inside that's not moved by anything that's going on on the outside. You will have a peace because you're settled. Say, I'm settled. When you get settled, like with your lot in life, whatever your lot is, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. And, and I'm going to make the most, and I don't make any excuses for being me. I'm not going to, God blesses Isabella and I. We're blessed. We enjoy the life that we have. And we're not going to make any excuses for the blessing that's on our lives. I'm not going to dim the light in any way. I'm going to walk in the fullness of the light of the love of Jesus towards us. And whatever God calls us to do, we'll do it. Whatever he doesn't lead us to do, we won't do it. And whatever God wants us to do in this season, we'll do it with all our might. And, and, and we will magnify God in the process. And if that means that we're super blessed, then we're super blessed. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make no excuses for it. It's God. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in his sight. I have a piece about it. And when I have a piece about it, I'm settled. I'm not moved by anyone or anything. I'm not, listen, I, there's people out there that don't like Rick Pena. I pray for you. Your, your poison can't stop my purpose anyway. So I'm cool. Like, I mean, like if you, if you cool with me, great. And if not, okay. Like, you know, I love you. I pray for you. I hope that you discover your lot in life and you go run it. Run your race at your pace with your grace. Get settled with your lot in life. I have the grace to be me. I pray you have the grace to be you. Put this in, in the chat. I have the grace to be me. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your grace and my requirement to live by faith. I walk and live my faith and my faith taps into your amazing grace. You flood my eyes with light. You give me divine vision. I'm able to see what you see about me. I'm able to believe what you believe about me. And I'm settled in my heart concerning who I am. I'm free from competitive jealousy and from every desire that doesn't line up with your purpose for me. I walk in the authenticity of my divine assignment. I tap into your grace in order to do it. And as a result, you change the world through me. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and 
prosper. If you're not getting my notes, you should get my notes. I get, give them to you for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. Get You're going to be able to get all my notes. You put in your email address, you get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing. I like to read those comments. Do, do me that as a favor. And then number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Walk in the authenticity of your assignment. You only have the grace to be you. Enjoy your lot in life. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.